0: This is All Told from the Washington Post. In this episode, we peer into the life of Gabe Albernaz, a Democratic council member in Montgomery County, that's in Maryland. 24% of the state's COVID-19 cases have occurred there, and as chair of the Health and Human Services Committee, Gabe has helped lead his county's response to the pandemic. He's lived in Montgomery County his whole life, and so have his wife and four children. Gabe shared recordings with The Post from April 23rd to May 2nd. During this time and weeks prior to it, the demands of his family, constituents, and county policymaking have all increased. Here's Gabe in his own words. It's going to rain all day Well, it's still better not to have the schoolwork hanging over
1: us Well, oh, I agree, I'm just The weather's not good
0: but Yeah, I'm just saying for know,
1: planning purposes
0: Maybe we can come up with a creative game of cards or something If I can play with them If I'm not working, if I can play with them, I can occupy them fine
1: The puzzle so us, I ordered is supposed to It was supposed to have come Well, it's supposed to come today So well, That's that good will, news, we'll be
0: on the lookout Maybe that would be it
1: I think that would be really good for Paul Afternoon
0: thing for Paul <gasps> Teresa just woke up
1: Okay, sounds good all right.
0: T-G-I-F. Yes.
1: Oh. <laughs> All right. It's the end of the day on Friday, April 24th. And we spent a large amount of time talking about testing capacity. Uh, we learned that the governor's 500,000 tests that he was able to procure from South Korea through a contact uh, in his wife's family. Uh, the good news is we have these tests, but the bad news is we don't have the ability to um, process them. There's also a, a lack of swabs uh, to actually be able to carry the tests out, and we don't have a submission, uh, sufficient amount of technicians to be able to really track them. So although we have these test kits, um, that's only part of the story, and it could be months before we have the capacity to fully access all of them, which is deeply frustrating. The other curveball was last night. The president announced that um, Lysol uh, was was a product that people might be able to use uh, to help address the COVID-19, and that uh, he had read somewhere he stated that uh, being in the sun uh, could help with treatment as well. Which is, of course, both not true. And the county received calls last night and this morning uh from people wanting to know whether or not it was true. Um, So we had to issue uh, public service announcements today explaining that uh, it is not accurate and that it is in fact extraordinarily dangerous to ingest those kinds of products and that uh, there is no concrete evidence in any way that the sun uh, diminishes COVID-19. we dealt with some constituent issues today, uh, more heartbreaking constituent issues. The one that um, will stick with me for a while is a gentleman who is a maintenance worker at one of our uh, large apartment complexes, and he is exhibiting signs of COVID-19. We're we're not sure, but we believe he may have documentation issues, and he is afraid to go home uh, to his apartment with his uh, wife and three children because his seven-year-old son has a severe case of asthma, and so this gentleman um, has not been able to secure a test, uh, and he is, we found out, living in a shack uh, alongside one of the apartment complexes uh, that he helps to work at. Uh, and it's—it's uh, it's, um, So we're, we're trying to figure out how to find housing for him, we're trying to figure out how to get him tested. And he also disclosed to us that he believes three of his colleagues uh, who are also building maintenance workers working for the same company in the same building um, have it as well. And so we're going to need to do some contract tracing. uh, And so that that uh, is something that we've alerted our public health officials to. back uh, to virtual story time with council member Will Jawando. We have
0: a special, special guest, if you remember, uh, our good friend of the show and my buddy and colleague, uh, council member Gabe Alvarez. How are
1: you? How are you, Gabe? I am doing great, Will. It's so great to be back on the show, and I'm so proud of you for keeping this great opportunity and resource for our families going. Buenos dias a ti. Abre tus ojos porque cada día es una nueva sorpresa. Good morning everyone. Open your eyes because every day is a new surprise.
0: Especially now. Yeah.
1: You can hear Teresa in the background as she's getting ready for a bath and not really excited to be having a bath. Uh, We had our daily staff meeting today, which was a great meeting. Uh, Went over uh, a lot of different outstanding issues, uh, some new constituent issues that have arisen, and we're going to be working on the production of a Spanish-speaking town hall. And then I was on a radio program today, El Sintonía, uh, which is a, a radio program that talks about county operations, and it's on the Latin radio station Radio America, which is one of the most listened to stations in the Latino community. Uh, Lots of questions about the new enactment of the temporary rent freeze, and then ended the day with a call with the Asian American Health Initiative, um, learned new issues, such as um, the Asian community is starting to purchase firearms in large quantities um, that there are significant mental health issues and uh, there's a significant percentage of the people calling the county suicide line that are of Asian descent. Um, so lots of work that needs to be done there and we discussed working on a, a town hall together uh, to be able to get information out to our Asian community on what's happening.
0: It's free What? uh and for $50 and you so much spend. This is the
1: first time we've been able to get food I know. <laughs> from outside in a long time.
0: Yeah, in more than a month, Dad. That'll be fun. Um, Wait, oh, I that.
1: So, Alicia, what's your favorite part of Mama is Just
0: that it's Mama Okay. Yeah. All we right. Get it, She's All
1: right. We're ready. We're ready. Let's She's have some pizza.
0: For like eight eight happy feed,
1: happy feet. Happy feet. Yeah. Mm. On Saturday, an incredible experience. Um, the neighborhood got together and saluted our good friend, War McCarthy, who's a nurse in the ICU at Suburban Hospital. And uh, her mom and dad helped organize this along with her family. Uh, but there was an overwhelming outpouring of support for her and just dozens of families uh, socially distancing, but that came out and surprised her by saluting her on her way to a really long evening shift at Suburban. Yay, Maura! We love you! And I shot a video of it uh, and tweeted it out and it completely went viral. Uh, Over 10,000 views, over 300 likes, and local and national media uh, picked up the story.
0: A couple
1: of new constituent issues came up. Uh, I did feel great because the gentleman who was literally living in a shack uh, adjacent to the apartment complex that he worked in, um, we were able to get him housing and we were able to uh, provide him uh, with meals. He he was uh, just very thirsty and, and just it was a, a really tough situation. Uh, we did also get the horrible news that there was an outbreak of COVID cases and including a death in at least two of the group homes, which is what we've been very afraid of. And so uh, lots of conversations with the Department of Health and Human Services and our staff was able to help coordinate uh, working with HHS staff to get the uh, work on getting the mobile medical van there so there could be more testing. Um, But it is a a pretty significant hole in the system and one that we're, we're gonna have to focus on this week for sure. Uh, And then we did also get word that another uh, primary care uh, facility, private medical facility is also uh, really struggling right now and concerned about also having to file for bankruptcy. That would be the second large primary care facility in less than a week that has indicated that if this persists uh, for more than another month, uh, then, then we're gonna be in real trouble. So that's another conversation that we're gonna have to have Job. Say we're gonna to play to five, and then we'll play one game of knockout. All right, one. Up. I was able Here's to get flitters. in a long bike ride uh, okay. with the boys, uh, which felt uh, oh, great, and was good able to get in a little game. Oh, I got it. It's just a strange experience because you're with the family all day, but hovering over you are all these issues that you know you've got to tackle. Still got them. You know, the kids have been incredible, and so is my wife, uh, and being flexible, but it's just hard to be in the moment when there's so much floating around out there, and it just makes it really difficult to be able to enjoy quality time with them, even though you're home with them all day long. It's just a bizarre experience. All right, today is Thursday, uh, the last day of April, and I am getting ready for a marathon council session, which will begin at 9.30 and end hopefully by 5 o'clock, uh, but probably later than that. Uh, it's a full docket. We're going to be discussing budget items for a number of different departments. Um, I stepped away from my phone for just about an hour and a half last night to help make dinner and Played a little basketball with the boys, and I got back, and there were over 107 text messages. So I was up late last night. It's raining today, uh, which always makes it tough here at home because nobody can play outside. But the great news is a puzzle came in that my son can work on today, uh, which I think is going to help on some level. And I am putting together my handy dandy little backdrop here that I ordered because the only room in the house that has strong Wi-Fi and is quiet is our bedroom. It's a little odd to have our council sessions have a view of our bedroom so I bought this backdrop which I'm setting up right now. Good morning everyone and uh, welcome to the Thursday, April 30th, 2020 Montgomery County Council meeting. We're going to begin our meeting with uh, Councilmember... That, uh,
0: ...for culturally appropriate food, I think, uh, the Capital Area Food Bank. But just want to clarify, because the intent here is to obviously
1: make this very that, seamless. And that. It's not that we're I holding know. back. It's not that we don't want to test. It's not that we don't have a system in place. There are just simply not enough test kits out there to meet the current demands and and i just want to make sure our public understands that we're not holding back here we're doing everything we can and and, and thank you for that i mean it's 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 hard to express and i can't say thank you we've limited uh the committee sessions but that has made for very long full council sessions we debated and discussed everything from a tunnel project through the transportation department to a Uh, project for our corrections facilities uh, to enhance their infrastructure and IT. Uh, We debated and discussed the parking districts and also talked about the Washington Suburban (laughs) Sanitary Commission and then rounded out the day by talking also about our Merit System Protection Board Ethics Commission.
0: second five million dollars is available we will be looking
1: we'll be doing some lessons learned about how I'm gonna go help make dinner uh help with uh some homework assignments and then get everybody uh going and starting the, the going to bed process and then I've got some calls that I've got to return later tonight so it'll be another late night probably won't go to bed till 11 30 or midnight All right, today is uh, Friday morning, May 1st, and uh, was up at around six o'clock this morning. We try to get up um, a little bit earlier than usual to put the house back together again uh, before the kids wake up so that things can be as organized as they can be uh, to help with schedules and just to provide a good backdrop to the craziness of the classes and the Zooms and everything else that everybody has to do. So uh, spent about a half an hour straightening up the basement and am now vacuuming our uh, kitchen breakfast room. It's about 20 minutes before the kids get up, so this is one of those rare quiet moments during the day uh, when you get a little peace. And so I'm going to read the newspaper, drink my coffee, Uh, have some oatmeal, and then in about 20 minutes, uh, wake the kids up and get the day going. Kind of looking back at the last um, month and a half or so, and I'm exhausted. Uh, Meeting after meeting after meeting, uh, just helping, trying to support, and doing what we can Uh, to give all of the important key frontline folks the resources that they need to be able to do their jobs, while also thinking through the policy implications, both in the midst of the pandemic, but then starting to think about those policy implications beyond that. And all the while um, really just feeling overwhelmed and anxious and sad for the people that have been most impacted by this It has been so immensely frustrating to see the gaps in our public health system play themselves out in such stark ways. And you see those gaps and they're now on steroids. Such a large percentage of the cases come from just a handful of zip codes. Our minority community has been disproportionately impacted. What's been the most frustrating, I think of all of this is a lot of what we're experiencing, I think has been avoidable. I think the lack of leadership at the federal level, uh, the confusing and mixed messages, the lack of direction, the fact that local jurisdictions have effectively been on our own since the beginning of the pandemic and continue to be now almost two months into this is just immensely frustrating. And I think really Uh, costing lives and impacting us in ways both big and small. And so we've had to overcome that. It's also frustrating to see how politics is bleeding itself into all of these issues and how politics bleeding into public health is just very dangerous territory. I also think that this does present in some ways an opportunity uh, because We were aware of some of the systemic issues in our community, both in the public health space, but in a variety of different areas. And sometimes through challenges like this, this can serve as a catalyst for us to be able to move forward. But I am anxious, too. I'm I'm um, I, I just can't even imagine or process. It's hard to process, you know, how our kids are processing all of this. I mean, this is undoubtedly going to have an impact in their development in some way. I remember watching my daughter uh, play with some dolls and I asked her what game she was playing and she said, I'm playing conference call dad. (laughs) And I said, and what's the name of your doll? And she called her Zoomy. So we'll see how this impacts my three-year-old in particular, although I think she's been the winner in all this because uh, she's had the opportunity to always have somebody to play with, which has been fun to see. But I don't know, uh, hope hope the, the next six weeks aren't as difficult as these last six weeks, um, but I'll be prepared for whatever lies ahead.
0: Thanks to Gabe for sharing his recordings that were condensed and produced by me, Bishop Sand. This episode was edited by Lillian Cunningham and Ariel Plotnick. Additional audio is from Montgomery County Council. And thanks to Washington Post reporter Rebecca Tan for introducing us to Gabe. Want to tell us about your life during the crisis? Go to WashingtonPost.com slash podcasts for more information on how to get in touch.